0: And welcome back for another edition of the Profit Roadmap. We are here at SA5 Live, and we're going to be... Well, well... Live at the time. Live at the time, exactly. And uh, I'm Barry DePlessio alongside Cody Owen, as always, and we've got a very special guest for you today. Mr. Jeff Harkness is with us, uh, one of our keynote speakers here at SA5. He's a certified financial planner, started a contractor's consulting group in 1999 and 10 years later, rebranded and expanded with partners Frank Ross and Kevin Kehoe to form a three-point group. Uh, it's 3PG. And if uh, you guys are Googling it, so Three Point Group works with business owners to create and execute and monitor plans that help businesses and their owners grow smarter, maximize business value, and create wealth. Three Point Group focuses on relationships rather than transactions. We're going to get to that in a minute. And the goal is to help owners build wealth inside and outside of their business as well. Jeff, Jeff has been a keynote speaker for various industry associations, holds a BS from S-U-N-Y, and I know what that is, but I'm going to let you tell me what it is in a second, because I should know, and this is this is awful. Sure, <laughs> sure. And sure. is a member of it's the... It's like Inst- there's an
1: acronym. Yes.
0: <laughs> hey, you got to give me credit. I didn't say SUNY. Um, and is a member of the Institute of Business Appraisers. So, first of all, Jeff, uh, uh, to re-jog my memory, S-U-N-Y
2: is... Yeah, it's a state university in New York. Fantastic. Okay.
0: Absolutely. Wonderful. Wonderful. I knew it was a great school. I just... Good job, Bear. I lost it. Good job. I haven't had enough coffee this morning. You have to give me some break here.
1: Jeff, thanks for joining us. Uh, I have heard of the State University of New York, even if my compatriot has not. Uh, thanks so much for being here. Uh, thanks for speaking yesterday. It was really good. I was sitting in the back on the floor. It was uh, approaching standing room only, the back of the talk.
0: Were you crisscross applesauce on the floor watching this?
1: No, I was up against the wall.
0: Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I'm, to I'm too lazy
1: to say crisscross applesauce. you got to, like, balance your core and stuff. Uh, so let's just let's dive right in. So you are all about helping business owners figure out how to kind of like extract wealth from this thing that they're building, right? Sure. So can you talk to us about wealth inside the company versus
2: outside the company and whether those two things are like at odds with one another? Absolutely, well first of all, thanks for having me guys. It's uh, a pleasure to be here at SA5, right? SA5, it's hard to believe. Yeah. And uh, just a really dynamic event Uh, You guys are growing like crazy to to see uh, so many users and and customers in the audience. It's a really exciting time for sure. And uh, we're just, uh, I'm appreciative to to be on that invite list and have enjoyed myself. So uh, thank you. But, um, you know, our, our business is a little bit unique in that the companies that we work with, most of those companies started with an owner that was a technician, hey, I was a great plumber, landscape architect, landscape contractor, irrigation guy. And somewhere along the way, that individual decided that they wanted to go into business for themselves. The great uh, push to entrepreneurship. It's one of the great things about our country, right? And what, what we've seen over the years is Most of the owners that end up driving service-based companies, they're not formally trained with a business degree. Yeah. They know irrigation. They know landscape architecture. But the business side of the business, things like profit loss statements and balance sheets and budgeting and hiring practices and software and technology right that's not their expertise and so we really enjoy kind of bridging that gap and, and we're proud to say that we do a lot of work in the in the industry the same industry that a lot of your customers or industries a lot of your customers run in but you got to make money at the end of the day and part of Being able to make more money is having advisors and vendors and organizations around you that can coach you up on saying, hey, here's the norm. Here's how you compare to your peers. Getting into a lot of benchmarking, a lot of performance metrics that, again, that average business owner has never been formally taught Mm -hmm. And so what we do is we try and step in and and bridge that gap. And first and foremost, help them make more profit, increase their cash flow, educate them on financial management and what that means. Hopefully help them hire some people around them that understand financial management, right? Because you're wearing a lot of hats as a business owner. And as we get on a rhythm where consistently businesses are growing, they're making money, they're cash flowing, then we can phase into this whole wealth management concept, which becomes, well, hey, I'm doing more in my business than just making a uh, and earning a paycheck and providing a livelihood for my people and great service for my customers. I'm actually building a business that may be worth something someday. Mm-hmm. And One of the things that's great about the industry that that both sa and and my organization work in is you can grow companies build wealth and sell them one day and so that's a pretty powerful thing it's the great spirit of entrepreneurship is i want to work for myself i want to be in charge i want to grow a great company and at the end of the day i can create wealth by exiting that business that's a pretty cool process and path a lot of your users and people sitting in that room over there um, have that vision to say, hey, let's do something fun. Let's grow it and, and make some money along the way. And when it comes time to exit, I've had enough or I'm ready to transition <laughs> right. it, right, to a son or a daughter or a third party. Um, there's significant dollars there that allows them to step away and retire with...
0: Some flexibility, some options. Absolutely. So Absolutely. something caught my attention because we're big about education at Service Autopilot, hence why we have... Things like the profit roadmap, blog that that Cody contributes to, and the marketing department, especially, is about educating our members and educating our non-members too. People who just happen along our website, because you know most of our most of our listeners and um, most of the people that uh, that read uh, Cody's articles are actually non-members. But uh, it's something you said that caught my attention about education. So when you're showing your clients where they are in terms of the market, you know, where some of their competitors are, are you showing them direct competition or is it just like, Hey, where you should be? Is it, is it more general or is it very specific? Yeah. I,
2: I, you know, we're a, I said it on stage yesterday. I mean, we like to geek out with the numbers. So we're down in the weeds with that. We're not sharing confidential information from from clients, but we're very much a believer in best practices and um, in different metrics that, companies should be tracking and paying attention to. Uh, and then how those metrics uh, relate to not not only the client, but what's top of the table, what's world class, you know, best in class, that sort of concept. And, you know, it provides value. You got to keep score, right? I mean, everything we do in life, there's some type of scorecard and our owners need to be able to keep score and, and, and track things in a manner that, you know, hopefully allows them to to build a better business.
0: So, keeping score, I'll ask the dumb question here. What's more important, wealth? I'm sure you've got a, some nuance in your answer, but what's more important, <laughs> wealth inside the business or outside of the
2: business? Well, I, I, think, um, I think everybody gets in business to start with, not with this concept of I'm gonna grow a company and sell it one day. I think people get into business with I got bills to pay. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I would say that what's more important to start with is, is wealth inside the business. I got to be able to cash flow. cash is King. Um, we see all the time and you guys see it's, it's not an easy industry and it impacts families and it impacts employees and people when people can't go home at night and be excited about where they're working and people can't go home at night and, you know, feel like they're on a career path that allows them to Achieve what they want to achieve financially, sure. and and that's an obligation from that owner to say, hey, you know, this is a place where you can do that, and we can put you on a path to um, being able to earn the kind of dollars that not only an owner wants, but it, their people as well inside the business first. Before we get into this whole concept of, you know, hey, what's my business worth, and what's my exit strategy. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of a leading question. Yeah, like I, mean, I said, I of... said I knew there
0: was I, I knew there was nuance <laughs> in the answer. Like I was like a Bear. a is the answer. <laughs> so, well, you know, uh, you know, when I I've, I've come from a different sales background, when I first came to Service Autopilot, my uh, my boss who's actually sitting right over here in the corner, taught us a new sales concept. Taught, us, taught me a new sales concept. It's not a new sales concept. Talked about spin. It's about relationship building. It's about solving problems. And you talk uh, you you like to. You say that your focus is on relationships over transactions. Mm-hmm. Now, that, very, that sounds very simple. It basically means from being soulless to actually having a soul <laughs> is basically the way I kind of read that. But why is it Three Point Groups or Jeff Hartness's philosophy to really focus yeah. on the relationship rather than the credit card number at the end of it or the signature on the bottom sure. line? And how
1: does that work for a guy who also likes to geek out about the numbers? Yeah, Yeah. Where is that?
2: Attention So, um, I mean, I would say this. First of all, our, our business model and focus is very much a niche market. So we, we deal in um, a limited number of industries where we want to be experts in those industries. And we're not just out there in our business model saying, hey, we want to work with all types of companies and all types of people. And so what we found is the industries that we've chose to work in, some of the same industries that you guys work in, they're very close-knit, tight industries. And it's good business practice to just do things right and show up when you're supposed to show up, execute what you're supposed to execute. Because our model is, is very much a, we want to incubate and grow companies in the in the target mar- markets or niche that we work in, and someday there will be an exit with that business, and so we want to be that advisor and that partner that that works through the entire life cycle of the business. And if you're just stepping in and you're focused in the short term, bear so about hey, a, you, a, you know, a transaction or hey, I got a good consulting agreement with you guys for the first year. Yeah, that's a good year's contract, but it doesn't encompass the entire business model, and that is let's partner, let's have some fun together, grow an organization, grow a company, and as you get near the point where a transition conceptually makes sense – we want to help transition that business to the next generation, the next owner, et cetera. So it's, it's a little more of a, a, a bigger vision than just, hey, how did we do this month? Yeah. How much money did we make this month? Okay. Or how many consulting hours did we sell this month? Can you translate
1: that philosophy to how like a lawn care business owner
2: could, could implement that same philosophy in their business? Yeah, I think that... Um, you know, we, we we live in a society that is still very much instant gratification and price-driven. And I think that if you're in your business and you're providing a really good product at a competitive price and you do the intangibles better than the competition, do what you say you're going to do, show up on time, communicate, right? more than just, hey, it's about the dollars and cents. I think it translates with people, it translates with biz- business owners, it translates with customers because to some degree we, we live in, a, a, in somewhat of a, a, a society that can be um, superficial at times or um, I have two high school teenagers <laughs> at home and We love technology, you guys technology. Right. (laughs) But at the end of the day, isn't it still about people and relationships? So in getting our my my two teenage boys to say, hey, it's it's more than just what's happening on your iPhone or Snapchat or Instagram. You gotta be able to engage people. I think that's a philosophy that translates indirectly to success with people and businesses because people say, Hey, you know, I feel like my relationship with, with Bear or Cody is more than just about a transaction. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that resonates with people over the long term and, and maybe a little bit different than this instant gratification world that we live in. And that covers over when you have a relationship with a
1: customer uh, where they feel like you value them as a person, they know who you are. Then when a mistake is made, it's not, well, the lawn guy screwed up, so I'm going to fire him and find somebody else. Right on. It's, man, what happened? Like, this is not normal. Like, are you all right? Like what?
2: Or just, you know, hey, you made a mistake. You a you gate yeah. What yeah. happened? Or you're bringing those issues to the clients. Like, hey, you know, we made a mistake here. I mean, yeah. people, people appreciate that. Um, you don't get a chance to keep fixing mistakes, right? I mean, there's still an element there of, you know, you got to do it right. But I believe in people. This is a people business. I believe you got to communicate and I believe you got to have a product that is, competitively priced. I mean, people don't want to buy the cheapest service or the cheapest product. They want the best value, right? Mm-hmm. I want to I be able to lay down at night and say, I feel really good about this relationship or that product or that deal because I feel like I got good value. And by the way, the people that I'm dealing with, I don't feel like there's an angle there where they're trying to take advantage of me, mm-hmm. right? And so whether that's lawn care or landscape maintenance or pest control or janitorial, I mean, those are some of those intangibles that I think, you know, carry over as part of the, the culture and the philosophy of a business.
0: So we're going to put a pin in mistakes here for a second, but I, I think it's, you brought up an interesting point. In today's society with the instant gratification, you talked about relating to your sons who are constantly on social media and things like that, where communication is a lost art. In a lot of ways in today's society how do you and it seems like you've embraced those 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 modern issues but you've you've kind of flipped them over what what's a what's like one thing that you would suggest to your clients that's a main focal point who are who are not extroverted like myself you know they they little they are more introverted they they don't rest they don't necessarily one-on-one time is not necessarily their forte and they prefer doing more hands-off things like social media advertising and things like that. What What's some advice you would give to those people?
2: Yeah, I think the mindset's changed. The, the mindset used to be, um, I want to get you on the phone or meet with you face-to-face. People are really busy now. And so to be able to embrace you know, a product like yours related to communication goes a long way. People want to know that you have your finger on what's happening with their property or with their service and that there's communication there that is maybe different from saying, I got to meet you or, you know, we got to talk on the phone where there's this check and balance going on where it's like, hey, you know, these guys are really on top of what's happening and I feel like I'm in the loop despite being really busy with my family, with my career, with everything else that's going on. And, you know, in the old days, you know, you guys are much younger than me. I'm an old school guy at 47, right? <laughs> um, you know, in the old days, everything is what? Legal pad, right? It's on somebody's legal pad in a truck. Exactly. You know what that is. I know yeah. what a legal pad is. Yeah, so it's on a piece of paper somewhere, or it's in somebody's head, right? Or we got to have a meeting, a which legal means time, a time house, to get together. Right? <laughs> <Yeah. It's> a, <laughs> yeah. a legal a lawyer's house, A legal exactly. pad is a lawyer's house. Exactly. Yeah. Um, But you know what I mean. I mean, there's there's an element here of you can't just keep doing things the same way, and communication's really the key. And we're in a society now where you can't communicate the same as you used to communicate, just based on what's happening with technology.
0: I mean, before we lead into the the drum roll thing, I said we're going to put a pin in it. Did you have any other questions for? No, let's
2: do it. So okay,
0: so we talked. I said put a pin on mistakes because I think this is something that I think you do on a daily basis is you help people with their mistakes or potentially trying to avoid mistakes or converting those mistakes to positive. So what is the biggest mistake that you see service business owners making in today's business,
2: today's market? I would say that um, they don't know their costs. So the product that they're out there pitching and selling, although they're passionate about it, they don't really understand the, the mathematics behind profit. They're not geeking out on the numbers. Yeah, 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 and um, and look, geeks, I mean, this is
0: what you're saying? Got it. No, I'm
2: not saying that at all. I'm saying that uh, um, you can be a really well-rounded individual, but there's still an element in your profile as a professional or as an owner where you have to understand the price at which you're selling your service or your product versus the cost at which you know it takes to. To produce it and and again going back to our our original statement together when we started today is um, most people aren't formally trained to do that Mm -hmm. right so it's like hey I was never taught that I was never taught how to do that analysis and Mm -hmm. so um, it's not complicated it's just Mm -hmm. it's not taught every every day in our school systems you know as an example so Mm -hmm. I would say that I would say hey we're in a we're in a world of what's it gonna cost me to go do that work and Um, is there an acceptable amount of profit based on the price that the consumer is willing to pay or that I want to charge? And then it just becomes a decision of is that enough, Mm -hmm. right? Because you can always move the profit. I'm willing to make more or less profit, you know, on a job or an opportunity. But you have to be able to tie that together to what are my requirements as a business owner. So if
0: you don't know cost, how do you know what the needle is? Yeah,
2: and and I'll add this, not to be long-winded, but – Uh, In Atlanta, we have a lot of mixed-use retail outdoor malls opening up, okay? And so one of the things I'm always looking at is suddenly this great new retail store comes in to this gorgeous area, mall, facility, and their concept is, I'm going to sell you cupcakes, and I'm not taking anything away from selling cupcakes because I love cupcakes, okay? <laughs> but I say to myself, how many doggone cu- cupcakes does that business have to sell just to pay the rent, <laughs> When well, right? they're selling that, for 12 bucks a piece. On that storefront, <laughs> right? On that storefront. Mm-hmm. So um, we're kind of having some fun and laughing about it, but it, it still comes back to there's an element of price and cost, Right. And I think that's the biggest mistake that entrepreneurs make, particularly newer entrepreneurs, is they're excited about working for themselves. They're excited about dealing with clients, controlling what they can control. But what's secondary is, hey, let's do some math here and geek out and make sure that we can win. Is there a cost that you see
1: business owners look over a lot, like they don't realize that they should be considering
2: XYZ? Yeah, I think, um, you know, most of of the firms and companies that we both work with, they're labor-based companies, service-based companies. And so, you know, it's easy to say, you know, hey, you know, Bear's making X dollars per hour. But I think sometimes you forget about the the workers' comp and general liability costs. You forget about payroll taxes. You forget about federal and state unemployment. Um, You forget about maybe there's some benefits related to a health insurance plan or short-term disability. And so um, when, when we're looking at labor, there's more costs involved with that labor than just X dollars per hour, or X yeah. dollars in a salary that we have to recover as part of our pricing strategy.
0: So if I'm starting a company tomorrow, Jeff. ideally, do you, would you like to see me day one? Is there a tipping point where you come in and you can really be of ultimate benefit? Is it from day one? Is it sooner than later? is probably the better, I guess yeah, the better date.
2: I, I think that um, we don't have a lot of day one customers and, and we don't have a lot of day one customers mostly because of the investment or cost to, to work with a firm sure. like ours, right? There's some <laughs> cost barriers there that say, hey, the timing's just not right. Um, we typically see companies with with owners and, and management teams that are you know, somewhere around half a million dollars to a million dollars in sales, they begin to think about, you know, expanding and, and, and getting more outside counsel and, and the business is able to support that cost to have that counsel. So, you know, we do work with companies at half a million dollars in revenue. We do work with companies that are doing a billion dollars worth of, of work. And as I alluded to yesterday, what's cool about the industry is, we still all have kind of the same challenges and problems, <laughs> right. right? Regardless of the size and the scale, we're still battling the same things day in, day out. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's and Labor business, doesn't get
0: easier when you reach a billion dollar company? It, it does not. Oh, it man. actually,
2: uh, it, it's, it's hard, period.
0: Well, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. Really, really appreciate you coming by the Profit Roadmap and stepping in and talking to our listeners a little bit about what was touched on. If you guys missed this talk, you guys missed a, a really awesome talk myself included. Um, so, but Bear, glad was, I, Bear was
1: chained at the office yesterday to a phone. I was, yes, I
0: was. But I'm glad I was able to touch base with you, learn some really, really great concepts. If you guys want to check out, Jeff, go to, you know, 3 Point Group. We'll have a link out.
1: in the show notes. We'll have a link in the show notes we'll to out. 3 Point
0: Group. His partners, Frank Ross, Kevin Kehoe, doing some fabulous work for business owners just like you. And if you may not be a half familiar, million, if you're like, oh, I'm a ways away from that sweet spot, guess what? You'll be there one day soon. And he didn't say he didn't work with anyone less than half a million, too. So that's something to look. Education, education, education is the key. So thank you, Jeff. We appreciate right on it.
2: on, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's been a pleasure.
1: The music in this episode of The Prophet Roadmap was Riptide and Summon the Rock by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. If you want to check out Kevin's music, it's some good stuff, Incompetech.com.